This guy named... Um, Spurgeon, he does this little thing, so it's in your bulletin, if I can call your, your attention there real quick. It's Isaiah 36, 4 and 5. What confidence is this? It says it right on your bulletin. Uh, what confidence is this in which you trust? I say you speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. Now, in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Did you ever think that sometimes when you're not really trusting God, you're in rebellion? That's not, a, that's not a pretty word, is it? It's not a pretty thought that when I'm not trusting God, I'm in rebellion. How many of you have found that you, your, your, your faith took a hit and you were shaky in your faith? It's one of the questions on the bulletin. In the midst of a trial or a struggle or an illness or some, something going wrong, bad relationships, a fight. If, if it wasn't divorce, at least it's, it's a fight. Oh, great. After 20 years, we had our first fight. I can't believe it. And what happens is, is here you are on the downside. Joseph, I think, is in the back, is he? Probably teaching. Um, Joseph this summer was coming up where he's waiting for a teaching job. He's done every, he's jumped through every hoop. He's filled out the applications. He's got himself out there. He's done his student teaching. He's done all these different things. And yet he's waiting for a job and two jobs that he thought one, he thought for sure. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take the Liberty because I think he knows I love him. He, he was so sure he was getting that job. He bought a vehicle, bought a new vehicle. Now, how many know you don't go buying a vehicle based on a whim? You've got to have a pretty good sense that I'm going to be okay and I can make my payment. Well, he, he loves God and he honors God with his life. And to the best of his ability, best of his knowledge, he was moving forward with, he had every indication that he was going to get the job. And then guess what? He didn't get the job. And then he's left, hmm, where am I going to go now? Got certain teaching. He's got certain skill set. He's, he's got some limitations with it because as a teacher, there's certain areas where he focused. That's become a limitation. So he has to fit in a certain kind of niche, kind of like if you do signing. So you have to fit in a certain niche. So then he, he went, they went on vacation. Where were you guys at? Cape Cod or somewhere down there? The Outer Banks. They're on the Outer Banks. Joseph flew all the way back to have an interview for a job. And it was sure, it was looking like, hey, this is a big thing, and it's worth it. And he really had faith, and he, he interviewed well. And then in the end, he didn't get that job. And here we are coming into July, I think it was. Was it, Ted? That was June when he came down. And then July, and here he is, and come on. It's getting closer to school. And pretty soon, it's a matter of weeks before school, and all of a sudden he gets the call. Now, up to this time, we're praying. We're praying through things. We're praying through it's, it's tough because we're saying, okay, God, I've done everything I know to do and nothing's happening. So this morning while we were in the prayer room, I was thinking, Joseph, you trusted God and look what he did. He trusted God even through, and it was getting down to the last hour, looking like, uh, it ain't going to happen. What am I going to do? Well, he was a good steward, so he was going to find a way. He was going to work. He's a worker. He's not a, 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 a lazy person. So he's going to make his car payment. He's going to do the things necessary, but it's kind of like what a step down from what he really has in his heart to teach and to impart and to, and so all of a sudden he gets that call, he has the interview, and guess what? Two weeks before school, I think it was, there he is, moving into his classroom. Now he's imparting to, uh, to kids, Tridelphia Middle School, right? So I thought about that, that I'd like to, it's a good reminder, you're going to have to tell him or he can listen to this later, but it's a good reminder that when you're in the midst of it and you're questioning if God has forgotten you or not, to go back and remember that he says he won't forget you. And now we can look back and see that he trusted God and God was faithful. Amen? So how cool is that, that you can trust God? So here it is. In, uh, in this, it says this. Now on whom dost thou trust? How many know that this guy lived back when Shakespearean language was still big? So it says, you got the bottom part on it, oh, blessed trust. But I'm going to read the part that I didn't put in your bulletin. Reader, this is an important question. Listen to the Christian's answer and see if it is yours. On whom dost thou trust? I trust, says the Christian, in a triune God. I trust the Father 
believing that he has chosen me from before the foundations of the world. I trust him to provide for me in providence, to teach me, to guide me, to correct me, if need be, and to bring me home to his own house where there are many mansions. I trust the Father. I trust the Son. I trust the Son. The very God of very God is he, the man Christ Jesus. I trust in him to take away all my sins by his own sacrifice and to adorn me with his perfect righteousness. I trust him to be my intercessor, to present my prayers and desires before his father's throne. And I trust him to be my advocate at the last great day, to plead my cause and to justify me. I trust him for what he is and for what he has done and for what he has promised yet to do. Wow. Do you trust him like that? Maybe you didn't know you could. And I'm telling you, you can. And I trust the Father, I trust the Son, and I trust the Holy Spirit. He has begun to save me from my inbred sins. I trust him to drive them all out. I trust him to curb my temper, to subdue my will, to enlighten my understanding, to check my passions, to comfort my despondency, to help my weakness, to illuminate my darkness. I trust him to dwell in me as my life, to reign in me as my king, to sanctify me wholly, spirit, soul, and body, and then to take me up to dwell with the saints in light forever. Do you trust him for all that? You might say, well, if I had that to read again, I might be able to. Do you trust him like that? Trust him for every issue, every ordeal, every crisis, every blessing, and even those things which appear to be a curse. How many of you praise him in the midst of a curse? You ever done that? Though you slay me, I will praise thee. I know my redeemer lives, as Bob was quoting that this morning to us out of the book of Job. It's known to be the earliest of the books. goes back to, to the earliest of time. Then in your bulletin, you have it this way. Oh, blessed trust, to trust him whose power will never be exhausted, whose love will never wane, whose kindness will never change, whose faithfulness will never fail, whose wisdom will never be nonplussed, and whose perfect goodness can never know a diminution. Diminution, diminution, okay, that's what it is, diminution. Happy art thou, reader, if this, that means it won't diminish. Happy art thou, reader, if this trust is thine, so trusting that thou shalt enjoy sweet peace now and glory hereafter, and the foundation of thy trust shall never be removed. See, if he's the foundation of which your faith is built on, then you have a sure thing. He says, you know, when the, when the Lord, if the Lord doesn't build the house, they labor. Who build that? See, they labor in vain. Do you know that we're not talking about structures built with human hands? We're talking about this structure right here, this house. What's your, what's your footing? Anybody ever play football or soccer or you've played in like muddy fields and I mean, your cleats were as long as they could possibly legally get them, and it wasn't enough. You know, slip sliding away. And you realize you're, you're only as good as your footing. How many of you remember Pittsburgh? We had a game up there a couple of years ago where the, the, the turf was just pulling up in big clumps all the time. Made it very difficult. Have you ever been like that in your life where all of a sudden it's like you're on sinking sand and, and you're shifting and you can't seem to get a foothold and everything seems to be going wrong and... You're just slip sliding away. And guess what? There's a place where we come. There's a stanchion called the cross. And that stanchion is an anchor point. And it's something that its roots go deeper than just that which we might even be able to dig and bury and put in concrete. And what we do is when we find him, the anchor holds. He's going to be that point where we can latch on to and he's going to stabilize us in our faith. But here we go. This is actually leading into communion. I'm saying that to make sure we got communion coming. Ready? Go to Isaiah 49. 
Happy art thou, reader, if this trust is thine, so trusting thou shalt enjoy sweet peace now and glory hereafter, and the foundation of thy trust shall never be removed. That's what's in the bulletin right there, last, last paragraph, last sentence. How about the idea that no matter what's thrown at me, that, that what we need is the peace of God to rule and reign in, in my life, in my mind, in my heart, and in my spirit right now, no matter what my life looks like, because I know that I'm yielding all this for the eternal, for the glorious, for that which is without spot or wrinkle, which is without defect. How many of you want to trade your wretched old self in for that which is perfect? That's what we get to do in heaven. That's because that's what God has for us. Amen? So here's the deal. You hear me say it all the time. Hold loosely to this life. See? So you ready? Isaiah 49, verses 1. I'm reading until I don't have any more to read. And then we can receive communion as soon as they come in. Listen to me, all you in distant lands. If you don't have a Bible, you might want to get one. I'll be reading off the New Living, which is actually the Bible that's under the seats. So if you want to follow along with word for word, that would be probably a a healthy one. Otherwise, don't get frustrated if you read your own version. Listen to me, all you in distant lands. Pay attention, you who are far away. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. Now, you can own that. He called you by name. He made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver, like backpack. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, and you will bring me glory. Now, we're going to take this New Testament and say that that is now you, because Jesus said in John 17, he wants to to be glorified now in you and me as Jesus has glorified the Father. I replied, but my work seems so useless. I've spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. Did you ever come to the place where that's what you felt like? That's it? Whatever you built, whatever you've constructed, how much ever you've labored, and you look back on it and say, what have I accomplished? Remember when I was $50,000 in credit card debt? I'm looking around my house thinking, hmm, that was $29, and that was 180 and that was, that was a couple thousand. But there's no way I can come up with $50,000. I, I just don't have anything to show for it. <laughs> I've squandered it. Where did $50,000? It doesn't fit in my life, in my house. I don't see it. So in that case, I felt like my work seemed so useless. I've labored just to pay the lender. Hello, anybody there? We don't have to be, and God doesn't want you to be. So stop it. I will trust God for my reward. You know, part of my 50,000 was me rewarding myself. I deserve. That's what every TV's telling you all the time. You know that, don't you? You deserve. You're entitled to. You should have. Lord, you tell me. And now, verse 5, and now the Lord speaks. The one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him, to bring people back to him. That's what God has for all of you, is to share your testimony, talk about the goodness of God, talk about salvation, see your friends and family coming to church, see your friends and family accepting the Lord, beginning to live their lives, not in a useless sense, but having constructed their lives now on the firm foundation. There's only one, it's Jesus. The Lord has honored me, and and my God has given me strength. He says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. This is what he has for you and me, folks. We're supposed to be carriers, his witnesses. Remember that? That's the Great Commission. The Lord, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel says to the one who is despised and rejected by the nations, to the one who is the servant of rulers, kings will stand at attention when you pass by. Princes will also bow low because of the Lord, the faithful one, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. How about that? Remember what he says in Jesus says it? Hey, don't worry what you're going to say. When the time comes, even before princes and kings, I'm going to give you the very words that you'll declare. That's called trusting him. Well, let me get my, uh, my iPad. Let me pull it up real quick. I don't have a word for you yet. 
No, you know what? You trust God, and he's going to give you the very words to speak. Do you know he'll do that if you're in a hospital room, if you're visiting the infirmed or sick? He'll do, give you that in a crisis. He'll give you that when somebody's weeping. He'll give you when, when they're broken. It doesn't matter. Whatever the need is, he'll be able to bring that word. Somebody's confused. You're going to be the one to be able to be that imparter. Why? Because he's in you and he wants to get that word out of you, but he's going to put it in you. He'll trust him to bring it forth. Amen? So here's the deal. Go ahead, Lord. This mouth, that's yours. Amen? Me and Kevin, we were practicing this week. Princes will bow because of the faith one who has chosen you. Let me tell you, folks, you are chosen by God. You do not exist on your own. You didn't type yourself in. You didn't create your own little avatar. You get it? You're not your own little design. You're God's massive design. You're part of the big picture. He's got a wonderful, amazing purpose for each and every one of us. And yes, no matter what has come and what is gone, here's one thing that remains. The Lord, he's faithful forever. Amen? So here's the thing. Let's go on. Verse 8. This is what the Lord says. Remember this? This is what the Lord says. 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 At just the right time, I will respond to you. On the day of salvation, I will help you. I will protect you and give you the people as my covenant with them. Through you, I will reestablish the land of Israel and assign it to its own people again. Today, we know that promise is true. We know that promise is true. I will say to the prisoners, come out in freedom. And to those in darkness, come into the light. They will be my sheep grazing in green pastures and on hills that were previously bare. Sounds like Psalm 23, doesn't it? They will neither hunger nor thirst. The searing sun will not reach them anymore. For the Lord in his mercy will lead them. He will lead them beside cool waters. And I will make my mountains into level paths for them. The highways will be raised above the valleys. See, my people will return from far away, from lands to the north and the west, and from as far south as Egypt. (laughs) Sing for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on them in their suffering. And all of that, and here's what the Lord says. Yet Jerusalem says, my people say, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never. Gina, can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she is born? But even if that were possible, God says, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hand. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruin. Folks, Take Jerusalem out and put yourself. When your life is in ruin, that picture is always in God's heart and in his mind. And he's got a plan for you beyond the ruins. That's worthy of an amen. Soon your descendants will come back. Moms and dads, those kids who've gone astray, I'm telling you, the Lord says, he knows those who are his, he's going to bring them back. And all who are trying to destroy you, those enemies, persecutors, none of that stuff. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. That's mine. Verse 18, look around you and see, for all your children will come back to you. Lord, I receive that promise. I receive that promise. All of our children will come back to you. You will restore the fathers to the, to the, to the children and the children to the fathers. As surely as I live, says the Lord, they will be like jewels or bridal ornaments for you to display. Even the most desolate parts of your abandoned land will soon be crowded with your people. Your enemies who enslaved you will be far away. The generations born in exile will return and say, we need more room. It's crowded here. Let me stop there because I have this sense. One thing is, is that here Arlene and I, we call ourselves empty nesters now. And we're thinking we've got this big four-bedroom house. One room's just an office, which we just throw junk in. You guys didn't look in there, did you? (laughs) That extra room. We made those other two rooms glorious, you know. I mean, it's sort of. I mean, on our budget. Um, But we got that one room, you know. We don't want anybody going in there. So here's the deal. We're thinking of downsizing. See, we're thinking, oh, this house, it's three levels. There's a basement all the way up. So it's basement, main floor, second floor, and attic. We don't... uh, We can do the stairs now, but we just don't want to down the road. So we're thinking downsizing. 
And as I'm reading that, you know what I'm thinking? Is, is not to downsize. You know there's somebody ought to be probably filling those rooms. See? But what are we likely to do? We build it large while we need it, and then we want to decrease it later on when maybe the Lord has that he wants to fill those rooms with something else. So don't tear down that, that thing. Don't, don't necessarily go away from that. Go ahead and allow it that it may be the time where you're going to, hey, we're going to come to a day maybe in our land in our time where we're going to need the room for our children to return. We're going to need the room for us to come back and dwell in, in as a tribe like they did. Where we're going to occupy a house and it'll be just one big happy family. Truth is, is that God's grace will be sufficient when we need it in that moment. If you'll keep it that, no, I'm flinging wide the doors. I'm going to welcome what God has because I believe he wants me to enlarge the place of my tent, not to necessarily downsize. So don't have hollow rooms. Don't have those places where, you know, there's something and somebody ought to be in them. Thank you guys for being at our house this weekend. It makes me, makes my preaching more relevant. For family, where am I at? Verse 21, then you will think to yourself, who has given me all these descendants? For most of my children were killed and the rest were carried away into exile. I was left here all alone. Where did all these people come from? Who bore these children? Who raised them for me? This is what the sovereign Lord says, Brian, you're a son to me. Brian, you're a son to me. Joel's my son. Tommy, you're my son. I could tell you, I can look around and... You, you, you know what? You're not my son, but you can be a spiritual son. God wants me to be a spiritual father. Why? Because I'm all that? No, because I need to be all that. You can be that way. You, so what we need to do is we need to reach out. We need to, Kenny, you can be my son. Well, I know you're a little old for that, but here's the deal. We need to be able to cultivate that. Ted, you're my son. And you still have sons and you're still going to be their father. And you may not be the natural father, but you're the spiritual father. You're the one that God intended for them. You're going to continue to be that. You're going to drag them to stepping up. You're going to host one, maybe. No pressure. You might host that. Why? Because you want to become that. You want them to become that. And we realize that that's part of what we have to do. Amen? This is what the Lord says. See, I will give a signal to the godless nations. They will carry your little sons back to you in their arms. They will bring your daughters on their shoulders. Kings and queens will serve you and care for all your needs. They will bow to the earth before you and lick the dust from your feet. Now we get a little arrogant if we move into that too much. I don't want that. I'd be glad if you just surrender. The world surrenders our sons and daughters and brings them back to us. And they'll bring them back in a procession, recognizing that they're not theirs. See, the world can't hold them. The world has to vomit them up because that's what the world does. And what happens is that which was birthed by God, God's going to take them and in that that place of vomit, he's going to clean them up. See, that's what he does for you and me every time. He cleans us up and presents us before his father once again. Says, then they will bow to earth, lick the dust. Then you will know, then you will know, then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who trust in me will never be put. Some of you need to read that and you need to claim it right now. You need to be able to say, that's me because I've lived a life and I'm, sometimes I'm ashamed of what I've done. I'm ashamed of what I've become. I'm ashamed of what I brought to him. And I'm ashamed. Those who trust in me, I'm sorry that me should be capital, meaning God. Those who trust in me, capital me, God, will never be put to shame. You know why? Because it ain't over yet. (laughs) It ain't over yet. What's he say about his mercies? They're new every morning. Are you that way toward other people? Are you merciful like that? That you don't hold a grudge? That's what it says about love, doesn't it? Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Some of you might just be like, take that old, take that old, whatever that issue is, and you might just have to be like, done. I'm not retaining it. Matter of fact, I might just shred it. Double cross shredder, burn it, toast it, be done with it. Never to call it back to mind. Sounds like somebody else we know. God says, doesn't he? 
He's not going to hold it against you. Now, you can go back and revisit, revisit it, but that's not what God has. Here's what John says in this way in the message version. In John 14, most of us know verse 6, but, but here's the leading up to it kind of thing. Somebody check on communion for me, please. It is? Okay, good. Okay, thank you. Don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me, Jesus speaking. There's plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? God's not a liar. Jesus isn't a liar. He said he's going to prepare a room for us. That's what he means. And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. How many of you want to live with God? How many of you want to live with Jesus? How many of you want a real, real heaven, real kingdom, real paradise? I mean, Hawaii's close, but, you know, it's no, it doesn't even hold a, a candle to heaven itself. Amen? And if I'm on my way, I'll come and get you so you can live where I live. And you already know the road I'm taking. Thomas said, Master, we have no idea where you're going. Isn't that the way we are sometimes? We're kind of not sure. Where, where are you at, God? Where are you going with this? What are you doing? How do you expect us to know the road? Jesus says, I am the road. Also the truth. And also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. Speaking of Jesus. Not me. Jesus. Isn't that the best? Communion. What am I going to do? We're going to do it right here. Actually, we're going to have it right up front. How many of you have heard about Jairus' daughter? Girl who died. Jesus is called to go there and to, to pray for her. She's on her deathbed. And, and while he's on his way, wouldn't you know it, somebody interrupted Jesus. This woman with this issue of blood, like that's some big deal. Yeah, we'll put it right here, Jack. Thank you, sir. Like that's a big deal. And yet what actually happened is, is that it was a big deal. She'd been in that condition for how many years? Do you remember? Twelve years she'd been, you know, I mean, come on, ladies, you know what we're talking about here. She's got a problem that this monthly thing just isn't monthly at all. It's annual. It's just perpetual. It's just keeping on. And guess what that does to the physical body? You're not being able to be renewed. Your, your strength is sapped. All, the, all those things that happen to, to a woman. You understand it better than guys do. But I'm going to tell you, guys, if you think about just bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. Jesus, in the end, she, she touches him. And you know that story. But here's the deal. Jesus is on his way somewhere else when somebody else who come up, when, 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 when she touched the hem, she says, if I just touch the hem of the robe, then I'll be, I'll be healed. If I can just get the littlest fragment, if I can just, just that'll do it. You know what? She was right. We know that today because we have a whole story. But here's the deal. <clears throat> she was like this unplanned pregnancy thing. Meaning, this moment is pregnant with the power of God. And she had faith in that moment to say, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to go in and violate all these other things to touch the hem of the garment. So ultimately what happened is, I love what Jesus' response is. That, that when she had touched him and felt the power, and at that same moment it says she was healed. Jesus says, daughter, you took a risk trusting me. And now you're healed and whole. Live well. Live blessed. Folks, sometimes you'll take a risk trusting God. Because in the moment, it may not look like what you thought it was going to be. It may not be happening according to the way you thought it was supposed to work out. Even what you have in your own heart. Even a picture. Even somebody else who had something similar and their story was different. But I'm telling you, it's just like that. You can say in the end, you take a risk. Live well, live blessed. 
Folks, if you don't take a risk, if you don't take a chance, if you don't trust God, give Him the opportunity. You'll never know, will you? You'll live your life as some sort of wannabe. You're wishing. And that's not what God has. He would rather have you come and take a risk and say, I believe you for this. Look in your bulletin and answer those cu- couple questions. Not now. In, in the, during the course of the week, the, one of the questions talks about just what are you waiting and trusting God for? Some of you, you aspire. You, I don't know. What do you, you want grandchildren? You want children? Trusting God, saying it's too late. Well, there's a woman named Sarah. <laughs> you might, no, no, don't even think about it. What do you trust in God for? I mean, I know people, you, jobs, talking about relationships, talking about school, talking about understanding for career, understanding what you're supposed to do with your life. You're, you're seeking Him for your relationships. You're broken, you're hurting. There's, there's stuff going on all around. You're, you're wondering, you need vision. You want friendship. You want life to matter, and you want to feel like you matter more. There's all kinds of things to trust Him for. You took a risk trusting me, Jesus says, and now you're healed and whole. And that's what we get in communion, is we get to come to Him and we get to acknowledge that His body was broken for you and me. You know, I mean, we're talking about beat to within an inch of his life, uh, one breath. And yet, the strength of God was there. When he thought he couldn't go on, when he thought he couldn't do it, he had the strength for the joy set before him to endure the cross. I'm going to tell you he didn't just endure it. I'm going to tell you he overwhelmingly conquered. In the moment, what rose up in him, the Father's love, the power of God, He was able to not only go to the cross, he was able to yield up his spirit. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He was able to say, doesn't matter if you don't take this away from me. I know it's necessary. I'm going to do it. And I'm only doing it because I trust you, Father, that that grave isn't going to hold me, that I'm not going to undergo decay. But God, you're going to raise me up just like you said you would. So bring it on, baby. I want to tell you that's the step of faith that God wants you to do is for you to begin to say in your heart about the difficulties of life is to say, bring it on. My God is more than able. Amen. His grace is sufficient. And I know what he's going to do. At some point in my life, I'm going to achieve the victory. Even if that means heaven itself. Folks, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Brad, I don't know if that ever happened for you. If you ever really bowed the knee and said, Jesus, man, I need you. Sunday school, maybe when you were young, I don't know. But if you have, then we have open communion. And that means that when you come, this is more than a cracker and more than juice. This is actually just a, it's a representation, but it's the presence of God in our life. It's when we get to actually join him in what he's done for us. This is a, Example that now we trust him. That somehow as we participate in communion, he's going to do something that exceeds what my understanding is of the element. We're asking him to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could even hope or ask. And isn't that what we need him to be? We need him to be bigger than our lives are. Bigger than our situations and even bigger than our faith. So I want you just to do that. If you, if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, you can do that right now. God's made it so, so easy so as to be able to say that you can receive him and say yes to Jesus in a moment. You can say, God, I don't know. I never did it because nobody ever told me I had to do that. I went to church and I thought that was good enough. And I'm going to tell you that's not good enough. And keeping the commandments isn't good enough. I'm going to tell you the way of salvation. Jesus says he's the road. Says he's the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by Him. And what He's done for us today is He's opened up a doorway. He's opened up a gate. He's laid down the bridge, and He said, Go ahead and cross over right here. He's the bridge to life. Does anybody need to walk across that bridge today? Just take a little stroll with Jesus. What you do is you reach out the hand. 
Just like when we were learning how to train up, Joel and Gino will get that someday. We're going to train up and Ava's going to learn how to walk. And we're going to be there and we're going to be holding on. Might even let her step on our feet as we do it. And that's what God does for us. Treats us like a little kid who hasn't learned to walk yet. So if you're crawling in life and you haven't learned how to walk with Jesus, that's the invitation this morning before we do communion. Anybody? You could say, you know what? If I died today, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't understand all this Jesus stuff. And that just be ruthlessly honest. And then we get to deal with that. If you don't know where you're going to go when you die, you need Jesus. Because what will come when you accept Jesus Christ, there will come an assurance in your heart and a peace that you can't manufacture. You can't put there yourself. You can't say, I'll have a little bit of that, and I'll have a little bit of this. You become the benefactor of the cross. Anyone? Thank you, Jesus. Otherwise, you might have been little and you said, hey, I accepted Jesus when I was a little girl, little boy. And you know what you've done? You have him. You know that you did that at one time. And you might feel secure, and maybe you are. But maybe you've lived a reckless life and you've abandoned the cross and you've abandoned the road. Maybe you found yourselves in a ditch. And what you need to do today is you get to say, kind of like the song says, Jesus, take the wheel. You get to say, here it is. You're not my co-pilot anymore. I just want you in the driver's seat. And you can do that. Old or young. Called backslidden state. I'm inviting you to slide head first into heaven. Anybody need to do that this morning? Just rededicate your life. Say, yep, thank you for welcoming me back. I'm the prodigal. Anyone? Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's pray then, and we'll be able to receive communion. I want you to know that the Bible says not to receive it in a manner which is unworthy. You can't make yourself worthy. It's going to take God. It takes the cross, the blood of Jesus poured out in your life in a fresh way this morning. What you can do is say, God, have I sinned against you? <clears throat> How pukey is my life been? Is there something that just... Uh, doesn't please you no matter how small it might be and here's the truth he says that triune god god the father the son and the holy spirit the holy spirit's role in this is to be the convictor of persons so father we invite you to convict us now of sin that god when we come before you and we receive communion this morning we're as holy as we can possibly get because we've got the fresh blood of jesus poured out over our lives Nothing hindering us, nothing keeping us back. Holy and blameless before you. What a glorious thing. So, Father, in a moment, we ask for you to speak as the preacher is silent. Bible says that if you ask him, if you say you don't have any sin, you call him a liar. Well, that's not good. But if you acknowledge your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Every jot and tittle of unrighteousness. Hey, if you've never served communion before, just a couple of you, would you come up? I want you to come up. You've never served communion before. Yep, come on up. I need some helpers. Come on up. Thank you, Jack and Judy. Hallelujah. Sometimes I go around and I feel like God's saying, you know, certain people, and that works good sometimes, and sometimes we just need for him to, how about take one and give him the other? Okay. Take the... Uh, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We got somebody else? Need at least one. Come on. There's plenty in here who haven't done communion. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Penny. Katie, come on up, sweetheart, if you want to. I got another tray. So we're looking for one. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. One more. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jesus. There we go. Come on. Now, that's the way it was supposed to be. She was supposed to be up here to begin with. So here's what we want to do. We want you to, uh, let's see where I need you to stand right here by. How about we'll move you to the middle, right there in the middle. Perfect. There we go. And then let's have you come this side and this middle right here, and we'll have you all come over this side and just use the center. Uh, use that outside on this side. You guys come forward. You guys use that outside and walk back. Let's come on up and receive this, and we'll, we'll finish with communion this morning. Worship team, you go ahead if you want to and do what you feel like uh, we want to do, amen? The plans change. Oh, the beauty of your presence, Lord.
Unchangeable. God said, I got a purpose. I got a purpose for you, Jesus. What can I not do that purpose, God? He says in the garden. Can I let that thing pass? Can somebody? Oh, I know it. I know it, God. I'm it. Okay, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. I'm trusting you, God. I'm going to do it. Unchangeable, unshakable. Though he fell. He's going to rise up again. There he falls. He's going to rise up again. He's going to fall, and then he's going to rise up again. And then when they're raising him up, he's going to say, Father, forgive them. But they don't even understand what they're doing. But they're fulfilling your purpose. Thank you, Jesus. For he was crucified before the foundations of the world. says on the night that he was betrayed, he knew what was happening. He'd already been to the garden, already talked to Papa. And Papa said, it's, it's got to be you. He said, okay, not my will, but yours be done. Folks, that's called abandonment. And that's what God's after in your life. For you to trust him. To abandon your own ways, your own wisdom. Even to everything that looks, maybe you built it up good. And he says, uh, okay, come away from that. Well, uh, I would spend my whole life on that. That's all right. Give it to me. Come, follow me. So this morning, we take up the cross, which is what you said we should do, God. Said that if we want to live, we have to die. If we want to be first, we've got to be last. So we want a, a life of serving you and serving fellow man. And we acknowledge that that's what you did when you gave your body to be broken. Hey, with joy in your heart. Let's receive that this is what he said. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's receive that bread right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Mm. Can't you do that? Kind of like, mm. Mm mm-hmm. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus. Then he said, here, this cup, no special cup. Oh, yes, it was. It was a special cup. He says, this cup, this is going to be now, now, this cup, now, now, this is going to be a new covenant. This is a new arrangement. This is the, the plan that Papa's had from the beginning. He's bringing it to pass right now. Right now, this is going to be Passover. This is going to be when Father passes over. He's going to use me, what I'm doing, that that from this point on, judgment will pass over. Death will not be the rule and reign for you anymore. Mm. New covenant, he said. This is the blood, my blood. The blood of a new covenant that God's making with you today. In my sacrifice. He says, take that and drink it. And live to eternal life. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you said, take this then and receive the blood of Jesus, which cleanses our soul, restores us to our creator God, gives us victory over death. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to have... we got Kevin and Nettie up here, and I'm going to have, uh, I, w- I want you to be able to have prayer. If you're having a problem, you've had a problem with trusting God. If you're struggling in some area of your life that you just need to trust him more, could I invite you to come up and, and to, uh, to receive prayer? Amen. That's an amen kind of thing. Let me tell you this. I see it on my seat here. Becky would shoot me if I didn't say it. These are for pans that she's going to have out in the foyer. We're having a fellowship meal coming up on, I think it's next Sunday. And so, uh, is it next Sunday? Yeah, and so what we're going to do is we're asking you to take one of these home and don't, don't bring it back empty. 
Um, and we'll have this 1230 next Sunday after church. We'll have a fellowship time. So um, let's do that. Let me pray for you. Amen. Ready? Here I am, God. Go ahead. Tell him that. Here I am, God. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. I trust you, God. Send me. Here I am, God. Launch me. Here I am, God. Use me. Here I am, God. Utilize me. Here I am, God. Let me be a witness, God. Let me be a witness. Come on. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to be used of you, God. I want to declare your glory. I want to see your kingdom come. I want to live my life by greater faith, trusting you. Father, I agree that there would be things that there have been wells that have been covered over with years that have been covered in with even what the, 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 uh, the, that has been blown in. It's just this stuff that is covered. In, but the, the waters are still there. I agree that you're speaking this word right now to people in this room that they need to dig up the old wells, that the wells are not dry. That was the enemy who covered those wells over. That was the enemy who caused those wells to be invisible. But I'm telling you, I'm the visible God and I make visible the hidden things. And I'm telling you, the hidden things will be revealed. What I want revealed for you will be even those rivers of water that flow in those wells. Go back and dig those wells. I will show you what those wells are. I will show you what those promises are. I will show you what your destiny is. I will declare once again for you, this is the watering hole, says the Lord. This is the watering hole. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, I agree that your word says that for those who hunger and thirst, they will be filled. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. So fill us, Lord, fill us, Lord, fill us, Lord.